0: Of search podcast, I'm your host Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're talking about outsourcing content creation. Joining us is Philip Thune, who is the CEO of Textbroker, which is the leading online platform in the United States for custom-made, uniquely written content. Textbroker's online marketplace brings together customers looking for unique and exclusive text content with more than a hundred thousand U.S.-based freelancers who can write about virtually any topic. And today we're going to discuss. What part of content production you should be outsourcing? Okay, on to the show. this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. So check out hrefs Webmaster Tools at hrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Here's my conversation with Philip Thune, CEO of Textbroker. Philip, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Great to be on. Very excited to have you here. Honor and a privilege. I'm a big fan of your service. I, back in the day, along with Jordan Cooney, a close friend of the podcast, worked at eBay, and I remember that eBay and Textbroker had a large relationship and I've used Textbroker for a couple of their consulting projects. It's a wonderful service. For anybody who isn't familiar with it, tell us a little bit about your company and you know, what makes you special.
1: Sure. Yeah. I think we're not only the largest company doing what we do in the US, we were actually founded by our founders German. So we started with our first website it was textbroker.de. And at this point, we've got all the major European languages covered. So I think by being probably the first, the oldest, the biggest, we've got more writers and more clients ordering such a wide variety of things that you do get somewhat of a network effect. So I think we've benefited from that over time. Freelance writers want to go where the work is companies want to go to where they know they're going to have the most writers. So they have the best chance of getting a writer who really understands their industry and knows what they're about. And I think what we've done over these last 15 years, which is somewhat unique, is we've put such a big emphasis on quality control and quality assurance. So we rank our authors between two stars and five stars. Two-star writer, to be totally honest, is not great. I think it was sort of a vestige of the early SEO days when people were just sort of writing content for Google and Google wasn't that adept. So we've seen some shifts there. But yeah, five stars all the way up to a professional writer.
0: So the biggest and baddest player on the block in terms of your content production effort, I want to talk to you a little bit about putting together a content strategy and where outsourcing should fit into that strategy. How do you decide what part of your content strategy When you're figuring out what you're going to work on, you should be outsourcing and what you should manage in-house.
1: You know, it's been interesting, I think, over the last six months, right, with the pandemic is huge, I think, change in how much companies are comfortable with remote work, of course. And in a sense, if you're comfortable with remote work, especially if you're comfortable, you know, at this point, it's been what six or seven months that we've had to deal with this. If you're comfortable with hiring a new person, onboarding them, never maybe even meeting them, everything is over Zoom or over email chat. I think my answer today is different than it probably would have been a year ago. Not so much because I think our capabilities have changed that much. I just think people's kind of willingness to outsource and to deal with people that they're not sort of seeing five times a week in the office. And so, yeah, I think it's really expanded.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting way to think about it where, you know, everybody is feeling a little bit differently about remote work. I guess the big question for me is there's less of a question on where the person is located and really what that relationship looks like, how frequently you're working with someone and how integrated they are into the team. Let's say we're starting from scratch, right? I'm, I'm building a new brand. I'm actually going through this process for my other podcast, the MarTech podcast, where we're rebuilding our website, and we're going to start getting outside of just creating podcast content, and we're going to be producing some blog posts and some you know, other industry-relevant content. When I'm sitting down and figuring out what I should be writing myself, what I should be having my in-house team to write, and what we should be managing freelancers for, how do you recommend I think about where to bring freelancers, people that are not integrated into the company, really just hired specialist writers as opposed to having someone who is in-house who is an expert not only on the topic, but also on your company's practices.
1: Right. And like I said, I think the kind of willingness has changed. So some of it is really based on you know what resources you have, right? That's always the first place to start. And what time available do those resources have for creating content? So... What's interesting, I think the various companies that use text broker, it's such a wide variety. Literally, we've got people who are one person shops all the way up to somebody like eBay. And so I think as long as you're giving the writer the right information, whether they're sitting next to you every day in the office when we go back to doing that, or whether they're not somebody who's typically part of your company, I think it can work. I'd say the only exception is when You made a good point. It's kind of a level of expertise that is both industry expertise and company expertise. You just can't write that down and have somebody who's not that familiar with your company be able to figure that out. But you'd be surprised. Like, so much of building, you know, what you've built, right, is the tone and the kind of style of how you do what you do. And I've, for years, we've heard, well, yeah, I don't think a freelance writer would be able to match that. And time and again we can show you, no, 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 they they can. As long as we give them the right information, they absolutely can. So yeah, I think it's a, a probably surprises most people to say that you should be able to use a freelance author if you set it up well for not everything, but for almost everything. If it's really specialized, really, you know, you're coming out with a new product, you're gonna need somebody internally to write that. But in most cases, you should be able to take advantage of outsourcing.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important distinction is that when you have institutional knowledge that you're writing about, something that is proprietary and only somebody inside your company is going to write, it doesn't necessarily make sense to try to offboard that information to a freelancer. You might as well just try to write that in-house yourself. On the flip side, tone is something that can be matched. And also you can have your in-house team be the editor's That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Talk to me a little bit about the content production landscape. Obviously, there's TextBroker, you know, the biggest marketplace that's out there. You know, I've used Upwork and other freelancing resources to find individual writers. How much do you recommend finding one writer to work with and having them build some understanding of your tone or you know can you really just swap out who is doing your content production you know like you're changing the brake pads on your car
1: <laughs> listen i think it's always easier if you're dealing with the same person right and so going back to your question about resources if you've got plenty of resources and you have the ability to hire in-house writers you know I, i'm going to be the last person to tell you that outsourcing to a freelancer you've never met who's not ingrained in your company is going to be easier. I don't think it's going to be easier, but I think it might be more cost-effective and it might be more scalable. So yeah, I think that's a big part of the answer to your question. If you just need one writer going to a marketplace like Textbroker or going to Upwork, you certainly can find that writer. I mean, they... Like I said, we're big on quality assurance, so we probably have a writer who knows what you're talking about. But that being said, if you feel more comfortable with somebody local, you could do a Craigslist ad or something like that. so you know I think when it's one writer, if that's all you need, then you're gonna be better off just working with the same person over and over again, again, whether it's through Outwork, whether it's through text broker. But once you start to need scale, then I think where we can really help folks. Not just because we're a marketplace, but we can also do some consulting and some advising. When it needs to scale, there's some very concrete steps you need to take to make sure that it is. I don't want to say brake pads because I think that would be insulting to to our authors, but brake pads are very important for the record. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can have two or twenty or two hundred or literally two thousand. We've had teams that big. You can have teams of writers. Where the style and the tone and the consistency of quality and the level of expertise could be matched. And one author kind of decides to stop writing for whatever reason, it's not like all is lost. You know, they can kind of back each other up and you wouldn't see much of a difference in what they're producing.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a good point that the institutional knowledge is something that you're only gonna have in house. And if you're looking for a small project, you probably want to be able to rely on the as few resources as you can, build that institutional knowledge. But when you're thinking about scale, that creates a whole bunch of other problems. Philip, last question I have for you today. You mentioned that the cost is something that you consider whether you should be in-housing or outsourcing your content production. Talk me through the difference in cost between hiring a freelance writer and trying to find somebody to be on your team in-house?
1: Yeah, That question, I think, I always like to answer the question directly, but I think that one is where it does depend. And that's where being more comfortable with not necessarily remote workers, but somebody who's not in your same city or certainly in your same office comes into play. So if you're in Silicon Valley and you're trying to say, okay, should I be hiring an internal writer or should I be outsourcing this? I think there's no question that outsourcing is going to probably be less expensive, even if you're going to use that person on a fairly regular basis. But I think let's take a kind of average city or (laughs) average cost of living.
0: Let's say we're in a major city in the Midwest. Let's say Des Moines, Iowa.
1: Yeah, I think if you're in Des Moines, Iowa, then then I think it's, it's a tougher call, to be honest. I think if you're trying to get somebody kind of at a high quality level, it's gonna be probably close. You know The salary and the benefits and the vacation time and and all of that of hiring a person versus just paying per article, it's gonna be close. I think where outsourcing is gonna be the way to go is if you don't have that level of expertise or you don't think you can train that person quickly who you might hire internally. And then I think the other part is the consistency of your need. You know, you guys are doing a podcast every day, right? So it would make, you know, makes perfect sense that you're an employee and that you've got a team around you because you know that every single day you kind of have to put these podcasts together. If Voices of Search was a once a quarter kind of podcast or something like that, would it really make sense to have somebody on staff for all that time when you only kind of need them four times a year, six times a year? So I think that's where maybe the cost factor really tilts in favor of outsourcing. Is if it's not kind of a you know 40-hour, 20-hour part-time thing every single week. There's a volume
0: consideration, right? That's what you're talking about, is you might not need someone as a full-time writer. And sure, you could hire somebody that is part-time or somebody that does project-based work. I think the question that I've always struggled with is trying to figure out... You're really comparing two different business models. Most of the time when you're paying for contract work or freelance work with writers, you're paying on a cost per word basis as opposed to paying for time or, you know, an individual article, a project basis. That's really where I struggle doing my cost comparison is you're paying what what it was a 10 cents a word. I don't know what the the going rate is right now, but let's say you're finding a, a good writer for 10 cents a word how many words do you want them to pump out? How many articles does that create? How many articles would they be able to create in the 40 hours that they'd be working if they were in-house? That's a tough calculation for most of us who aren't in this world on the daily to figure out. Help me think through the like hourly rate versus cost per word conundrum.
1: Kind of you know, what we see with our authors, we have an author forum. So the authors can kind of talk amongst themselves and really help each other out. And I think from a company perspective, it's kind of interesting to be able to see what's on their mind and what they're happy with, what they're not so happy with. And we participate in those forums from time to time, although we really like to keep it as a place for the writers to talk amongst themselves. And every once in a while, you'll get a post like, hey, how much are you making per hour? How much do you think you could make per hour? So I totally get what you're saying. And I think that that math is a little more complicated given that and it's probably our fault. Our tagline is each word counts, <laughs> which is, you know, sort of paying per word and the author's getting paid per word. So we've probably helped set that standard as that's the way you pay. But from an author's perspective, you know, they're valuing their own time, you know, they're doing that math. And why per word is a little tricky in trying to do that calculation is because a thousand words take an example for me, somebody asked me to write a thousand words about NBA basketball. That's not going to take me very long. But if they ask me to do something where I have to go in depth into some coach and figure out a biography of a thousand words and where he started and all that, I kind of, I'm going to have to do a lot of research. And even though I still know the topic, it's, you know, that research time is kind of factored into the price per word. So yeah, I think having somebody crank it out is not something we would advise in general. I think that's maybe another place where outsourcing can be a little helpful because we definitely have seen burnout. You know, we have clients who come to us and they're like, Yeah, I've got a team of two or three writers. But at this point, they're like stuck. You know, how many times can I write about trash removal if that's the industry that they're in? And it would be great to get some kind of fresh ideas or fresh voices.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a good point. You know, the devil is always in the details. And the truth is you pay for what you get, right? If you're going to pay a higher rate, you're going to get a higher quality product in most cases. And if you're going to cut corners and pay for less expensive writers, you're going to get less valuable content. So we're going to continue this conversation tomorrow where Philip and I are going to come back and talk a little bit about the content production process. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Philip Thune, CEO of TextBroker. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Philip, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet. His company's handle is TextBrokerUS. That's T-E-X-T-B-R-O-K-E-R-U-S. Or you could visit his company's website, which is TextBroker.com. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.